Got a stretch pass. Carlson left wing shoots. He scores. William Carlson. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Now brought out by the Knights. Here they go. Left side the end mark. Put it out in front for Wah. Kick save. Rebound. Score. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the three-man Wolfpack back together in the studio. This is going to be a lot of fun today. We've got guests lined up. Gary Lawless, the insider, is going to pop in just a couple of minutes, uh, bring us up to date with what he's hearing. The uh, schedule adjustments have been released. Uh, We will bring you all of uh, the little tweaks that have taken place for the Vegas Golden Knights, the four games that have postponed have been rescheduled, and there's been a couple of other just uh, slight moves uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So you need to be able to take uh, that, put it into your calendar, and make sure that you're prepared for the month of uh, February. And Brian McCormick, uh, the incredibly talented voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, will stop by to let us know some roster adjustments that are happening in Henderson with the American Hockey League Club as uh, they uh, follow up uh, the different... Uh, situations with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, All the goaltenders and the shuffle that's happened with Vegas, uh, there's been trickle-down effect and forced the Henderson Silver Knights uh, to make a move. But we start with, as as somebody that has a podcast called The Chirp, uh, the most incredible mic drop moment from Brad Marchand. Can can we get right into this? And I'm not sure Chapman really understands what happened or not. He knows it was bad. He knows it was nasty. Uh, But I don't think he fully appreciates the weight of it. No, uh, no, I don't. But the Brad Marchand war with the Carolina Hurricanes is epic. And as soon as I saw it, I thought of Ryan Wallace, who follows Twitter like nobody I know. Uh, It just exploded. And it wasn't mean. It wasn't nasty. It wasn't dirty. It might have been all of those things combined, <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think Brad Marchand uh, tweeting at the Carolina Hurricanes as, as the reason why 20% escrow is where it is in the NHL is just phenomenal. Like, they got caved in. Like, the, the Boston Bruins last night got absolutely waxed by the Carolina Hurricanes. And there's a, a degree of... of pettiness to this from Brad Marchand after the fact that's phenomenal but I love that there's but there's layers to it right there's but there's to me like there's with Marchand like there's there's no no one's safe no 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 point in this is safe and I love the fact that he is who he is take us through through how it started because there's the Prius Lamborghini uh back and forth uh, between the Carolina Hurricanes and, and the Boston Bruins, and then the body check, and then the tweet from the Carolina Hurricanes mocking the Boston Bruins because of the big uh, result last night, and then the the end game, the just stop, move on, let's go home. Uh, the ice is, uh, your ice time's over, and you, you got to go get in your car. I mean, okay. So the Prius and Lamborghini. One Lamborghini is the is the Brad Marchand part. Prius is is the Vincent Trocheck part. 
and Trocek nails uh, Brad Marchand, mm-hmm. and and then it's like it turns into the Prius beats the Lamborghini, and then the Carolina Hurricanes feeling good about themselves uh, put out the tweet uh, that they stomp on the Boston Bruins, and uh, it was the the phrasing was uh, from the from the Carolina Hurricanes was masterful, like it was beautiful, and it was. Uh, I got the tweet here. L stands for Lamborghini, like meaning uh, the loss. Brad Marchant responds with, you're still the reason we pay 20% in escrow. Mocking the empty building mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and, and not enough uh, fans in attendance. And then it's over. You, you, you can't come back for that. You can't. There's nothing you can do from that. And it's, it's just flat out a dig at a medium market team and... Even though they won the game, you just got smoked. Well, I mean, it's it's hitting, I think, Carolina where they're most most vulnerable in terms of, of their their hockey market. And like for for Brad Marchand, it's it's one of those situations where, yeah, it sucks to lose a game, but you know, at the same time, you're you're dealing with a player that's completely dialed in and completely tapped in and realizes that if you're going to come at me as a social media team, uh, I'm going to come at you. And and he wins like absolutely 100 percent mic drop situation there from Brad Marchand in which he just pastes the Carolina Hurricanes where it hurts them the most. But well, maybe the best part about this, because now that you because I didn't really understand what it was all about. But now that you explain it this way, possibly the best part is that their social media person, the Carolina Hurricanes social media guy, clearly didn't understand the shot that Marshawn took at them because their reply was, LOL, bro, we're just the social media guy. Oh, no, no, that, that was just trying to save themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think they understood ab- either. Ab- absolving themselves of, uh, of everything. That, that might have been even worse, that part. Honestly, they, they should have said nothing. That, it, Nothing there's there's is, nothing is you do way. in that situation. Saying I'm just putting out the tweets. No, and don't forget the bro. Own it, own it, bro. <laughs> but but here's the thing: like the Carolina, um, I'm looking up uh, the average attendance in mm-hmm. the National Hockey League this year, and the Carolina Hurricanes are 18th. They're 90 percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Not not terrible. No. Uh, the Boston Bruins are ninth. They're not number one or four or anything like that. Yeah. They're ninth. There's not a lot of difference there. Perception, though, is the reality here. And Marshawn, absolutely one of his best moments in the National Hockey League <laughs> was, was last night with the tweet. Here's Gary Laws, the VGK insider. What do you take of uh, Brad Marchant wrapping his, uh, the, the string around the legs and, and holding his hands up and saying uh, that's uh, four point seconds in the calf tie? Uh, it was fantastic. Um, uh, <laughs> he's going to have to answer for it at some point in time, I would imagine. And uh, uh, he's who does he have on to answer team. to? Who does he have to answer to? Uh, well, that's a pretty good team over there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, if uh, they're hanging around longer than the Boston Bruins this spring, um, I'm sure that uh, uh, someone on the Carolina. Uh, social media team. They're not afraid. They'll, um, they'll have a little bit of a clap back for him. I would imagine. Mm, they... Like imagine if Carolina knocked Boston out, like, you know, shortly after the game, you would probably have to, you know, Hey Brad, remember this tweet? Have a good summer. Yep. 
I hope it's better than that. Well, that's why I'm not on the social media team. But we could have <laughs> we could have uh, our good friends Gordon or Kayla come in yeah. and uh, and take care of that for us. Yeah, uh, you're you're right uh, on that front because and 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 they should actually do a little bit of a. Uh, freshening course with the Carolina Hurricanes social media account because uh, the the end result of hey we're we're what was the phrase Chapman what was their comeback to to Marchant uh, bro we're just a social we, we're, we're just, just a social media guy yeah yeah they they need to work yeah. on the uh, on their on their comeback oh no no it's side. lol we just tweet Brad I'm we sorry just tweet. we just tweet yeah like if playoffs started tomorrow um now Tampa would get Boston right mm-hmm. yes Carolina would get Pittsburgh, but that could change. Yeah, you'd be on to something if, like, if that was the case. Uh, and it will be, it will be nasty. And Carolina is like when that place is going, it's loud and it's fun, and it will be, it will be interesting to watch if it gets to that uh, that stage. So uh, you're 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 getting ready for All Star. You're watching this uh, this team wrap up the uh, eight game homestand, uh, approaching the halfway point of the season. Uh, well, What's your assessment of the Golden Knights, or can you give an assessment of the Golden Knights? Well, we can give an assessment of the team that we've seen, uh, and uh, you know it's a pretty good team. They have a uh, what's their points percentage right now? Six hundred. So you know, is it elite? The team that we're watching right now? No, uh, I think they're eleventh in the NHL in. Uh, um, it, 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 league-wide, so uh, a good team. Uh, I think that uh, they have to get better defensively. I think the coach knows that, and uh, we saw pretty. We saw his, um, you know, the practice that they had today, and uh, some of the remarks he made today during that practice uh, would point to the fact that he wants them to be uh, to be better defensively. I think that Rod and Leonard and Loren Brassois have been have been good, but a team save percentage of 900 isn't, uh, you know, that, that's not that's not the mark they want to finish the season with. I think that has to uh, improve, but I think that's part of team defense as well. Uh, and so, so that's that's the team in front of us. Um, the team that includes Jack Eichel, Alec Martinez, Nick Kaig, and Max Pacioretty, that team will be elite. That team will have a save percentage, a points percentage, of 700 or better. Um, and, uh, and that will probably change things for the goalies as well. So uh, I'm interested in that. I'd like to see them a little better at home. 12, 10, and 2 at home. Uh, they could be better than that. If I told you, Ryan, all these players would be out of the lineup mm-hmm. and the trade and COVID at the start of the year, and everybody's had to deal with COVID, but there's, there's been implications uh, on the roster. At the start of the year, I roll this out for you. Would you take 600 winning percentage? 100%. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think you can make a case that they've all borderline overachieved. I, I think when you look at the severity of the injuries and how long they were without Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson for a stretch, the fact that this team was able to make a run to the top of the Pacific Division, that's that's massive. That's huge. And and to be where they're at right now is kind of a testament to that. Now, I, Gary, I'm, I'm curious kind of to get your thoughts on this. When it comes to the Golden Knights in, in mitigating going through that adversity and getting to the top of the Pacific Division now halfway through the season, like who deserves the lion's share of the credit for that? Pete DeBoer. I think he's done a, a you know, he's not going to be coach of the year. 
uh, he's not even going to be in the conversation, I don't think. And I think that's wrong. I think that he's done. Um, well, not with that he's, attitude, he's not. <laughs> I think I think he's done a, a fantastic job. And just to what you're saying, you know, uh, the, the, the Twitter site, Man Games Lost NHL, the, they have Vegas at number two in points lost due to due to man games lost at 17.33. So you add those, you know, you add those points in and all of a sudden you are talking about an elite team, but back to the question, I think Pete DeBoer is just, uh, uh, I think it's been, I think it's been brilliant. He hasn't used it as an excuse. He's used it to motivate. Um, and now when they're getting everything back together, I think he's going to use what they've been through to kind of poke them, to, to go to that next level. Uh, we're learning lots about Pete this year, and I think he, 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 no, he plays the long game really well, and he, he understands the players, he communicates well, and then I think, he's, I think he's got some real motivational skills, and it's, uh, it's under the radar because he doesn't look like a, like a fire and brimstone guy, um, and I, I don't think he is. But I think he's and he he knows how to push the buttons in a cerebral and covert manner. You know, Gary, you, you mentioned better at home. What do you what do you want to see from the Golden Knights the rest of the season at home to kind of turn that tide? They got to win games, you know, and I think it's they got to be. Uh, I don't think they've done a great job of playing complete games at home. Like the, the game against Pittsburgh, you know, it turned in that second period. Because they came out and they turned the puck over, and allowed Pittsburgh to you know to set up in the in the offense in their offensive zone, and forced Vegas to take penalties. I just you know like that sort of mental those details like why they didn't come out in the, the second period and, and play smart hockey is beyond me because they're, they're capable of it. And they, you know, they just spit the puck up and let Pittsburgh take the game away from them. That, that, less of that and more of what we saw against the New York Rangers, where they played for sixty minutes. Gary Lawless is chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show. You got to come on the show more often, and you've never ever been able to say definitively whether you calling yourself the Insider was uh, before this show, the VGK Insider Show. So, who has the rightful? title to the insider would you like to address that now or would you rather move well on? first of all i didn't call myself the insider well that didn't um, just happen the people yeah the people that hired me uh you know put that on the business cards <laughs> it wasn't um i didn't declare myself the, oh. and I don't even the vgk insider um it's just vgk insider i'm not the insider uh listen um you know you guys have been an important show uh, and uh, you, you want to call it the Insider Show? Uh, I have no no issue with that at all. But does I it bug you a little have... bit every time I say it's the VGK Insider Show, and you're driving to the rink uh, listening to the show, and you go, "Hey, I- I'm the Insider." Like, there's a little no, part that just... that doesn't happen, Darren. I, 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 you know, contrary to the picture that you like to paint publicly <laughs> of me, I'm not that much of an egomaniac. I certainly have an ego, but not. I'm not going to crash my car because of the name because of the name of your radio show. No, if it wasn't a brand new car, would you crash it? 
I might crash your car. Uh, you might crash into my car. Pete DeBoer stopped uh, practice today, and David Shane has it uh, on Twitter, and it's uh, it's got a bit of a quote to it, and it's got some some sound and reaction of Pete DeBoer. I guess Dave, he must just record all of practice, waiting for something <laughs> like this to happen, and and it worked good on him because it's it, this is this is good stuff uh, today when a beat writer is following a National Hockey League team. This is uh, this is uh, newsmaking uh, material. Uh, what did you take from uh, Pete saying this is a body checking drill? Uh, get in and separate someone from from the puck. It's the last part uh, when he says stop chick stop stick checking. Yeah. Because uh, you and I, immediately after the game the other night, we talked about that. That that, that defensively, they just were not uh, hard enough. And they weren't hard enough around their own net. Pete said uh, they weren't hard enough around their own net. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, missing Nick Hague, that uh, who was their biggest defenseman, um, one of the biggest defensemen in the National Hockey League, and Alex Martinez, who doesn't uh, doesn't mind getting his nose dirty either, is a major factor for these guys. But the guys that are playing, um, they got to play a heavier game, and I think Pete was uh, trying to remind them of that uh, by doing the drill. And then when he didn't like the way the drill was going, um, like how many times have we heard that? Pete knows people are there watching. He knows it's not uh, they're not on the road um, with no reporters at a practice ring. He knows it's at City National Arena. He knows that there's media there. So he knows when he makes that comment, he knows it's going to get out there. He is sending a message that that's the way they have played um, physically uh, in the last little while hasn't been good enough. Is that physical aspect still part of this team's identity uh, as as they've kind of moved on from the Ryan Reeves and, and the heavier players that go in and, and, and have that energy shift to shift. Um, is that still a part of this team's identity in, in just being that hard to play against really prickly, uh, tough, tight checking team? Well, you know, I think it has to be from the bottom six and from all six defensemen. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to get, you know, Max Pacioretty can get angry and, and, and play physical hockey. Mark Stone can hit people. Uh, you know, he, I don't think that the, the misfit line is going to throw a lot of – that's not what they do. They, you know, they, they do a good job of separating people from the puck in the offensive zone for sure. Um, but, you know, Will Carey still will hit. I, I, I think they probably have lost some physicality, uh, some presence, but they're going to have to find more of that because – that's part of playoff hockey. It's part of what is. It's listen. They haven't scored enough, so they've added scoring. Most guys that score don't don't spend a lot of time running over people. There are only a few Tom Wilsons in the NHL, so uh, you have to kind of decide what you're going to be. Um, and this team has it is one of the best offensive teams in the NHL, and that's with uh, two really really important. SN, uh, offensive players not in the lineup, so uh, they're going to have to find. They're going to have to. There's a fine line there. They're going to have to find it, and that's one of the things that Pete has talked a little bit about. They haven't had their team yet, so their identity remains to be seen to a certain to a certain to a certain extent. He is the. 
VGK Insider. <laughs> You're a clown. <laughs> Gary Lawless on the VGK Insider show on Fox Sports. I'm a loser. <laughs> You've called me a clown and a loser, and those insults are hurtful and inaccurate. <laughs> no, they're completely accurate. <laughs> uh, is it just health? Is that the only thing that matters in the second half of the season? Or is there an area that Vegas would like to improve on? Well, that, uh, that save percentage has got to be, uh, that team save percentage has got to be better. And, you know, this team, you know, won the Jennings and the, and, and the Vesna. You know they they gotta they gotta figure that out a little bit. Like I, I would rather be, you know, third in the league in offense and fifth in the league in team in team defense than first in the league in offense and twentieth in team defense. I'd rather have a, a, a better mix there. So that, that, they they gotta be better defensively. They, they can't. They, they let teams score. That, that stat we talked about. Pittsburgh has old, in twenty four of their games this year. Pittsburgh has held the opposition to two goals or less. Vegas has got to start to do that more often, at least. And if they want to win four or three every night, great, you know. Um, but I, I, I'd rather see three, two or four, two than, than let the opposition score three. It's hard to win when the other guys score three. We've seen that. So like when you, when you look at it, is it, is it a product of, of defending and goaltending or do you kind of lean one way or another? Is it more the, the lack of defending the way that they should, or are you, are you looking for another one or two saves per game? I'm looking for, uh, for sure. I'm looking for, yeah, you say that like Robin Leonard was really good the other night. Yeah, absolutely. And Pittsburgh scored four, right? And so which goal are you going to blame Leonard on? You gonna blame him on the Zucker goal? No. Uh, you gonna blame him on the Gensel goal? No. Yeah. Uh, the second Zucker goal? No. Like n- none of the four goals were were on Robin Leonard. I, I I had no issue with his game. And as a matter of fact, he made a number of saves in the first period that kept the Golden Knights in the game. Like that three nothing lead was flattering. But still, once you have it, you've got to take advantage of it, right? Uh, so yeah, I I I would like. I think there's been. I think between the, the two of them, Bersois and Leonard, there's there's a handful of goals this year for sure that they'd like back. Uh, I, I really thought Leonard was kind of dialing his game in uh, the last couple of nights, and then and again, uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't let in four, you can't, but I, there's no, you can't blame him for any of those of those goals. So it, that was a kind of a that's a strange thing uh, to say, but. You just can't can't let in four. You don't win when you let when you let in four. That that doesn't that doesn't happen very often. So I'd like the goaltending to to be a little a little tighter. I'd like that team save percentage to be higher. But I think that's a byproduct of not giving the opposition freebies. So there's a combination. I think that the team defense needs to be better. And uh, yeah, I think the goaltending could be a little better as well. You've been able to watch Jack Eichel for a couple of weeks, week and a half. Give me your impressions of him going through practice and what he's been able to do from from your perch. Well, I'm blown away at how hard he's been working. Um, uh, I asked a few questions of people who are uh, have been around him. Uh, he's been like everybody downstairs loves him. Players, trainers, uh, you know, the coaches are thrilled with the work he's putting putting in. Um, 
he, you know, he's the mo- he's he's going to be the best player on the team offensively, like immediately. They, we stand up there, Darren, myself, Dave Gosher, Dan Duva, Shane Knighty, and marvel at what he what he can do with the puck. He is uh, like Dylan Ferguson has had enough of Jack Eichel. He doesn't want to see Jack Eichel ever again. The last couple of days, uh, Dylan has been the guy working with Jack, and Dylan's a, a really good goalie. One of the best 100 goalies on the planet, right? NHL, American Hockey League, you know, 120 goalies. Yeah. He's, he's right near the top. He's, he's in that grouping, and he didn't have a chance. Like Eichel, like Eichel beats, uh, has really shown like an incredible shot, great release, um, and uh, he's just really skilled, really motivated, and really committed. I, I, I think fans should be really excited about watching him play. From a philosophical standpoint with Jack Eichel, I, I think a lot of people have him penciled in as playing with Mark Stone and, and Max Pacioretty, but like, do you look at it or view it a little bit differently in, in allowing maybe Mark Stone and Jack Eichel to play a part at five-on-five five in order to have two lines that really drive and generate? Uh, you know, I think you're going to have... You look at the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins, when they have you know, elite offensive players... I'm talking about when Thames and Kane were running hot and Crosby and Malkin. And you, you, you do a little bit of both. I think that there's some nights where they play together or, or, or some, uh, some periods where they play together. I, I'd, I'd like depth and balance. I'd like the opposition, opposition coach to go, okay, what am I going to do about Stevenson, Stone, and Pacioretty? What am I going to do about the Misfits? What am I going to do about Eichel, Patrick, and the Donoff, or whatever that you know combination is? Um, you know, like I think there's uh, like I, I, I'd, I, I'd that would scare the hell out of me if I was the other coach, and, um, and I just you know mix them up and in other ways maybe the misfits don't play together. You know, maybe it, it, it's I, I think Noah Patrick. There's something about the way he sees the ice and plays the game that maybe playing with a guy like Jack Eichel could really ignite him. Um, but I also think that there are times where you're going to want to say, yeah, Eichel's going to be with Pacioretty and Stone, and we're going to have a super line. Like, uh, but, you know, mix and match at certain times. This has been enjoyable, and I give you full credit, despite all my poking and prodding and bugging and nitpicking and ear pulling, you didn't get pissy with me. I really would have liked to have been on yesterday to talk to a little bit about that. Well, have your say now, if you, you because it, I'm in I'm in the favor in the camp of Jim Matheson, the the reporter, and I wouldn't have had the stones to go back at Leander Eisidel. I just wouldn't have. Uh, but I give Jim Matheson all the credit in the world for what he did. Now, did they both probably cross the line? Yeah, but Leon started it. Yeah, you know what? When I started in this business, you would go into the dressing room, and uh, if a player didn't like like that that type of like, it would have been way harsher. Like the player, you didn't if you asked the player a question you didn't like, you would have got you know it wasn't on film, it wasn't 
was two beat writers, beat writers standing there, or you were all by yourself. I watched Ty Dolman chase Damian Cox down a hall one day. Oh, hey, man. Randy Carlisle uh, used the F word um, with me uh, at least once a week. Blake Wheeler, Andrew Ladd, Dustin Bufflin, Toby Enstrom, and Mark Stewart didn't talk, wouldn't answer my questions for a year. I had to go up and find Blake Wheeler uh, on, a, on a, a loading dock in Anaheim and say, do you want to clear the air? And he, you know, to, he, to his credit, he said, sure. I said, what's the problem? He told me what the problem was. I said, okay, I'm sorry. And then I did say to him, I wish you had brought this up with me a long time ago. And uh, he shrugged his shoulders and said, you know, fair enough. And we shook hands, and that was it. Uh, I, I, I just think the setting, because we're not, the guys aren't in the same room. Yeah, They were in the same room yesterday, but not like like it's a podium you couldn't just walk off the side yeah. you're not and you're like maddie shouldn't have gone back at him i don't think in that regard but on the other hand you know leon, leon shouldn't have gotten pissy like it, it, especially they both should have recognized the situation and realized that's not you know in, in normal situations the reporter could have said to the media guy hey i need to talk to him in the hallway bring him out here and can't do that right now, right? So, um, I, bad timing for Leon, though, because uh, do they play tonight? The Oilers play tonight, don't they? Do they have Florida? I think they have Florida. Yeah, he better be good tonight. Like he's he's put the he's put the spot the, the bullseye on his own on his own back. So he uh, he he better be good tonight. That's for sure. How about if this? If he's not, uh, yeah, they play Edmonton, Florida. Um, 9 p.m. Eastern, so 6 Pacific. I'm going to watch that one. So here's, uh, here's what I said. If he's not good, the, like the, the call-in shows in Edmonton, the, the insider show in Edmonton, yeah. uh, which is, I don't know, it's not called that, but their version of this show will be good tomorrow. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you don't, don't say his name. I'm mad at him, too. Uh, the, uh, here's the final thought on it. Yeah, and I, I I I get pissy. I get I hold grudges. Only every day. You got pissy with me today. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Not when at work. Yeah, happens when? so often. How you did don't I even get? Remember. I don't even remember that. I usually know when yeah, I get. You pissy. didn't like my text message. You know, thought no. I needed to have more detail in it. Yeah, I told you to have more detail, but I didn't get pissy with you. I just told you I I, I misunderstood you. Uh, that was nothing compared to what I normally do. Uh, I will say this: if if Leon Dreisaitl turns it on. And the Oilers turn it around. Jim Matheson deserves to be on their playoff T-shirt. Well, like, I will say Maddie. this: after I, so, I wrote a column, and I and my 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 line about Wheeler was the only crease he's seen this one this year is the one in his pants. Well, wow, he, that he, now I know why he was mad at you because because he's he's fragile anyway. Uh, like he has thick, uh, very thin skin. I can't believe you said that about him. He went on fire. Yeah. Made the U.S. Olympic team. Ooh. Got to go to the Olympics. And, uh, and um, actually, I got, I got to Moscow, or sorry, to Sochi, and I'm standing in the, I'm watching the, the, the U.S. team practice, and they get off the ice. And about five minutes after they get off the ice, I wasn't even going to go interview them, but I get a text from Scott Brown from the Jets, their PR guy, saying, Blake says, 
Winnipeg rules apply in Sochi. No interviews. <laughs> oh, he froze you out in Sochi? Sochi. He went not talk to me in Sochi. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good little spat. It I was think good. Blake and I have uh, have a little bit in common. We're both immature and, and we both get pissy, but we're both really good at what we do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't compare you and Blake in any way at all. Uh, we've kept you too long. Uh, let's try and do this uh, more often, okay? Sure. You Me- can call it the Gary Lawless Show. Uh, the Insider Show. We already there call it go. the Insider Show. Uh, so, it really, you're, you're getting mentioned every day when, when we do the show. Uh, say hi to your lovely Boy. family. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, see you. Uh, there's Gary Lawless. He'll be on the set uh, with me tomorrow night on the TV side uh, against the Montreal Canadiens uh, in town. Uh, Montreal Canadiens going through a very disappointing season, but they won last night. We'll tell you all about that as we continue. Do you think uh, Do you think Gary kind of overstepped the line when he called me a jerk? And what else did he call me? No, no. A clown? No. He was pretty accurate. He was pretty yeah. accurate. He was, he, was, he was pretty, uh, yeah, like Ryan said, accurate. A jerk and a clown. Those well, that work, those, people that work with you every day mm-hmm. have a pretty concise and it's usually repeated um, idea of who you are as a person. Yeah, I, I would say if anything, Gary was actually pretty tame. He held back a little mm-hmm. bit because he, he, you know, the yeah, stuff I mean, the that me day, and Ryan say about you. I mean, geez. The other day he called you a jerk and a liar. He did do that, and and I ended up being right on that. When we continue, uh, the schedule changes for the Vegas School of the Knights, and we have our play of the day. In hour number two, we will chat with Brian McCormick from the Henderson Silver Knights and then slide over to our one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. We've got a lot of stuff coming your way on the VGK Insider Show. No relation to Gary Lawless. You know what? I heard that horn there. Trumpet. It just sounds like a mosquito to me. And I, I start getting the shivers. It's one of the best, best, best things about living in Vegas is, like, literally no mosquitoes. Not many. A couple, maybe. Yeah. But not not many. I love it. And just hearing that. Ugh, yeah. If you, have, if you have a neighbor who, like, leaves their pool untreated or whatever, there'll be mosquitoes. That's really the only time they, they show up. Like, when people, like, abandon their home. And the pools. But not like Canada. Like mosquitoes no, in no. Canada, they, they fly away with moose. <laughs> They're so big. You know, it's it's terrible. I lived in, in Southeast Asia, and there are lots of mosquitoes there. But in the wintertime, it doesn't get cold enough to where they die. Hmm. They just find ways inside your apartment. Yeah. Oh, you're sleeping, yeah. and you hear yeah. it. It's awful. Like, I never sleep with socks on. I did when I lived there. Why, why aren't your feet under the covers? Well, because sometimes it's warm. See, this is the kind of thing that derails the entire show. When you say something like that, and then I have no choice but to follow it up well, with, why aren't your feet under the covers? Some, sometimes it's it's very warm, and, and so you, you're hot and sweaty, so you don't want to, you know, it's very humid in Southeast Asia. So, so then you put I mean, socks on. Well, I'd rather have socks on my feet than get bit on my my, so why don't you my just, pickies. By, why don't you just put them under the covers? Because your feet are going to sweat with yeah, socks on. Yeah, but then my whole legs are covered. What about the rest of your body? Yeah. Well, I, I would generally you, sleep with... Why are you only concerned with your feet? Because I, I can handle mosquito bites on, like, my legs. The, the feet oh, are so the worst. So you didn't have any covers on, but no. socks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd sleep with shorts and a T-shirt, but, like... And socks. Yeah, and socks. <laughs> because you don't want the mosquitoes to bite your feet. Yeah, I can handle... Literally pain. everything else is game. I can, I, can get, I can handle it on the arm, on the legs. The feet are the worst. The feet are the absolute worst place to get bit by mosquitoes. 
I made that mistake in Houston one time. Got bit all over my foot, my feet. I was out by the pool. Awful. It was the worst thing. I, it, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. If you guys could just see <laughs> the look on Darren's face right now, it's just phenomenal. Doesn't make any sense. Why? What doesn't make sense about it? You don't want to get bit on your feet by mosquitoes. <laughs> and this is why you should only be talking at the end of the show when it's your segment or when we bring you in. I'm even getting texts. Yeah. Wondering what you're talking about. About mosquitoes? Well, we all understand mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. But the the idea that you sleep without covers, with your body exposed, Mm -hmm. but you wear socks so they don't eat (laughs) your feet. Oh, my goodness. Uh, We are going to go through the uh, VGK schedule. (laughs) Tough visual. That's the latest text I got. And I'm looking at you right now, and I'm thinking, I'm not... (laughs) I'm not biting that guy's feet. <laughs> I'm not going there. Uh, we have this new schedule uh, coming out. Uh, we will uh, drop that uh, on you at 5 o'clock. Mm. Uh, we will also play you some sound from practice today. Great comment from Pete DeBoer talking about Alec Martinez. Yep. And I think there's a lot in the answer that we're going to play for you from the head coach. And I think a lot of what Pete says, you can read into it and take from it that they miss this team right now in the dog days, misses that player, that enthusiasm, that leadership. Yeah. I think that presence on the ice, like at the end of, end of practice last few days, He's the last guy out there. He's with all the uh, the taxi squad with the young guys. He's doing trying to shoot the puck in the top corner from the far blue line. All those kind of things. Like mm-hmm. he's just and he's chomping at the bit to to get back. But he's also got that energy level, that just a pure hockey fun presence from a from a veteran player. And it's a player that hasn't played in a while mm-hmm. and a player that wanted to come back to this situation because he believes in the room. He believes in this team's ability to go on a run and potentially win a Stanley cup. And, you know, I think the hardest thing for Alec Martinez has been having to sit out, not being able to contribute to this team. And when you have a player that has all those intangibles, that has the leadership that knows what it takes to win and you can inject his desire to just get right back out there. And and especially when you're going through, as you've mentioned, the dog days where, you know, through an 82-game season, game 40, game game 45, like it, it becomes very monotonous. That's, that's a shot of adrenaline with Alec Martinez kind of in and around the team and getting, uh, getting that to rub off on the guys, um, not just in practice, but hopefully in the game. He's a personality. Oh, yeah. And... and- I'm not saying anything that's new. This team lost a big personality. Mm-hmm. And he can help add to that. Like, it's it's almost by committee now. Uh, and Marceau uh, is the the leader of that. Uh, we've seen some some growth in, in Nick Haig uh, uh, being more uh, involved. Uh, and then uh, up front, Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Nick Waugh, I think, has has more of a voice. Keegan Colasar has more of a voice. But Martinez has just that aura about him. 
And when you when you hear the comments from Pete in hour number two, mm-hmm. I really want people to to dial in on that. And, and tell me, maybe I'm way off base here, but I, I think that there's a lot more to his answer than just the, the simplicity of the words. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a, it's an idea that permeates not just within prospe- professional sports, but also like anything that you do in life, right? Like when you mm-hmm. see certain things that, that are happening in, in practice, or you see certain things that, that people are doing that, you know, you want to see performed in in different moments. I think it goes a long way in just getting the mindset right of how you have to play, what you have to do, and and what you've got to what you've got to give of yourself when you're playing when you're playing in hockey. And just it's it's reminiscent of things in life too. And I think that's kind of the bigger thing for me is like you can take it on just a playing hockey level, but there's there's something to that ability of seeing somebody do something. In, in a certain situation, and then saying, if they can, I should be too. Uh, on the subject of Marc-Andre Fleury, recorded the pod today, uh, the chirp with Dan Rosen from NHL.com and uh, At The Rink Podcast, and Mike Kelly, who's an uh, analytics guru mm-hmm. from Sports Logic, and he does a lot of NHL Network stuff. And we kind of went through a bunch of stuff and, and had a bit, uh, like a fun competition. Convince me of this and the eye test versus the analytics, mm-hmm. and went back and forth. But we got into some trade deadline stuff and flurry and where he might end up. Yeah. And I encourage people to go, go listen because there's a couple of teams that, that came out of our conversation that I hadn't thought of before. No, Colorado's one. Sure. Edmonton's one. Yes. What about just, just throwing, throwing this out there. What about the Minnesota wild? I don't I'm like I'm not mad at it. I from a a we would like to see the Golden Knights go on a long run. That that wouldn't be ideal because if you're if you're getting through the Pacific, you're probably going to see one of Colorado or Minnesota. That's kind of the idea. Um but I mean the Minnesota Wild if if you're not sold on Cam Talbot. Like and, and I know I or it, you, maybe you like Cam Talbot but you want but you super depth. Yeah, or or you're looking at you know, a guy that's won it all and a guy that's that's been incredibly good the last couple of years, then I don't think that it's... Let me put it this way. The Minnesota Wild, with what they're going to have to deal with from a cap perspective the next couple of years, this might be the year to be all in. And if you're going to be all... Yeah, and if you're all in and you can get Marc-Andre Fleury, I can't think of a... I can't... I, like, that's a good situation to be in. So that was whispered in my ear the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Dan and Mike both agree Washington. <laughs> I hadn't thought of Washington. All I w- okay, all right. So Mosquito Feet over there has got his uh, antenna. He, he's like he's ready to chime in and we'll we'll get to you in a second. Um I would love the optics and the chaos of Marc Andre Fleury versus the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby in the, I, in the I just said, It'd be I, fantastic. I said Pittsburgh would uh, would shut down seeing Flurry <laughs> and Ovi on the same team. But but there's listen to the podcast and okay. tell me you're not convinced that it could work because okay. there's something there. But Minnesota and Washington hmm. beyond the obvious teams that have been mentioned. 
Yeah, that's fascinating. It uh, it drops uh, later on tonight. When we continue to the play of the day, and then I've got a funny story for uh, from a play that wasn't in the play of the day. Uh, We'll see what the judges come up with, but I know this play wasn't uh, wasn't going to be considered. Uh, It is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ninety eight point nine FM and thirteen forty AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Cool stuff happened around the National Hockey League last night. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Had some very interesting results. And like Philadelphia Flyers, they, they might go through another coach. <laughs> wonder what the record is for most coaches in a single season. There's, there's probably been several teams that have gone through a couple. Yeah. But Mike Yo. I don't think he's getting the full-time job here. No. Uh, they've lost nine in a row, the Philadelphia Flyers. Hurricanes tagged the Boston Bruins, talked about that. Yeah. And the Buffalo Sabres win. Alex mm-hmm. Tuck scored a goal in that one. He did? Yeah. Uh, into the uh, into the empty. I still find it odd when you're watching the games in Canada and in, in Ottawa, there's nobody. Mm-hmm. In Calgary, it's half full. Yep. Like the, it's strange. And, I almost want to tell people it's it's not apathy. It's just <laughs> just the government. Now, in, in Arizona, yeah. uh, it's apathy. Uh, let's go to our play of the day, which came from the late game last night. Tampa Bay against the L.A. Kings. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, because of injury, had to go with a very short roster. Only mm-hmm. four defensemen. Yep. And this is a fantastic game back and forth. Yep. And Tampa Bay ends up winning it courtesy of this beauty. Try for another one here to try to keep this game tied. Here comes Joseph. Joseph cuts it in the middle, hangs on, and then feeds it up front for Belmar. Belmar in. He scores. The lightning strike right back. It was a shorthanded goal yeah. by Pierre-Edward Belmar. There was two shorthanded goals in that game. Uh, power play goals, even strength. It was back and forth, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, with just four defensemen, mm-hmm. go out. And beat the uh, the L.A. Kings. That was that was an old school lineup last night. It's the beauty of, of Victor Hedman playing 32 minutes, having two goals, and just being an absolute dominant force. He was he was angry last night. <laughs> yeah. He was beyond pissy. Yeah. He was angry last <laughs> night. There's nothing wrong with being pissy when no. you when you use it to your advantage the way that Victor Hedman did last night. But you know, on that play, it's 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 Matthew Joseph just kind of drawing everyone's attention to him. And then it's Pierre-Edouard Belmar just wide open down the slot. It, it was such a beautiful pass and a great finish. Fantastic goal. Terrible defending. Yeah, no, it was, it was Everybody awful. fell asleep. They were watching Joseph do this stuff, uh-huh, and yeah. everybody just fell asleep, and Belmar went in. Uh, they had Belmar on during the intermission. Yeah. And uh, Dave Andrzejczyk asked a question, like, uh, what, what were you thinking? They clear-cut breakaway. Mm-hmm. And in, in beautiful Pierre-Edouard Belmar fashion. Just, Looks at the camera, even though it's across the rink. He's got the headset on. He looks at the camera. He says, uh, "I went right. The goalie went left. I went back right." Yeah, that that sounds that, that like, was his breakdown. That sounds like the Pierre Edward <laughs> Belmar I know. Yeah, I'm like analyst. Let's put it between the benches with uh, with Shane Knighty. That's your play of the day coming up. The schedule has been released for February. We'll tell you what the Golden Knights are going to do with the four postponed games and whether or not other action has been moved around. And then we've got your one-timers on the VGK Insider Show, news and notes from around the National Hockey League as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas.